Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's the digital content manager for Formation GG and professional rugby player. It's Serafin Bordoli. How are you doing today, Serafin? Hey, Alex. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm all right. Thank you. Nice to meet you. I'm so excited to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do first with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what we're involved in growing up. All right. I was born in Argentina in 1995, um, in Buenos Aires specifically. Uh, since I was little, uh, I started playing rugby in my club, Olivos is the name. Um, and then I went through some national teams, provinces teams, uh, and I ended up here in France now after playing in all around Europe, basically. When you found rugby, what brought you to want to play that sport? Uh, I don't know, because I started very little, very young. I was four years old when, when I started. My dad played at my club at Olivos, uh, and then my my cousin, he, plays, he played for the Argentinian national team. So I th- think it's more like a family thing, you know? Did you kind of feel that pressure to kind of follow in your dad's footsteps with playing at the same club that he did? No, uh, not at all, because my dad was very bad, I think. He was not a very good player. <laughs> so I got no pressure. That was very good for me. When you're playing rugby, what kind of skills are you learning that helps you over time? Oh, that's a tough one. I would say, um, I, I don't know, but uh, it, it helped me a lot to be very focused on stuff. Uh, on rugby, well, each game, it's 80 minutes. If you're focused for 79 minutes and you're not focused for one minute, you can lose a game. So uh, I would say that's the main, um, the main skill that I'm developing and rugby when you're going out and traveling and playing the games did you have kind of a social life still as a child or was it more focused on playing rugby and just having fun there uh no both of them actually for example when i first went to italy the was my first professional club i thought all right i'm here about just because of experience i don't want to make money even if i was getting money when I said yes, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I was just thinking about the experience, living in a different country, make some new friends, play some different rugby on another country, and it ended up being my my job. You know. See, that's interesting because a lot of people I know, if I was playing a sport, I'd be like, "Well, how much money am I making?" Like, I kind of want to reap the benefits of it, but it yeah. shows the passion that you have for the sport that. The money did not care. You didn't care about it. It was all about the, the playing the game and just being on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we were in Italy, there were some guys that they lived rugby, as you said. Uh, we didn't get paid for one month. And they just get there to change the room. And so like, guys, today I'm not training. You know? I'm not getting paid. This is a job for me. If, not, if you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to train. I'm not going to play on the weekend. And... Uh, I was there, but I was the other side of the coin. I was like, guys, just let's do this. We play rugby since we're little. We always play for free. Now, because we didn't get paid one month, we're not going to play. But you have both both um, sides of the coin, you know? 
Was there ever competitiveness with your brother on who was the better athlete? Or did you guys try to outskill each other in a way? No, not really. Not really. We just tried to make the other one better. How were you guys able to do that? Uh, we trained together at home a lot of time. Um, and he trying to make to make me better on what he knew that was not that good. And it was the same with him. Uh, so we just push each other to, to, to be better players. Did you guys ever play on the same team or were you always on different teams? Uh, well, just here uh, at Salah. But not before. We were always in different teams. Actually, uh, I played for Olivos and he played for Pueyrredon, recent uh, the derby. So uh, there's much rivality in there, rivalry. Growing up, did you have any inspirations or motivations in your life? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I never thought about much, about that much, you know. Um, but no, no, not really, not really. I just wanted to play rugby to have fun, as I told you, to try to make us as many experiences as I can to play, to travel around the world. And as I told you before, it ended up being my job, but it was, it was not what I thought at the beginning when I started playing rugby. When you're traveling around the world, what has been your favorite spot to go to, to play? Italy by far, I think it's the best country in the world. Um, food is amazing. Pasta, pizza, cafe. So, so yeah. Um, and then it's so beautiful. Each city has something, something different to to eat, for example, and to look at. Uh, but even France is so nice. I didn't travel a lot around because of COVID. I just arrived here last season, uh, and I didn't have the opportunity to travel a lot around. But it looks very nice. The town where we are is such amazing. It's a medieval town, and it looks so good. Um, but I think I, I prefer Italy. What's been the biggest change from moving from South America to Europe, basically? Language. <laughs> absolutely. I landed in Italy where nobody, absolutely nobody speak English. And I didn't speak Italian. And now I'm fluent, actually. Uh, but yeah, so I arrived there. I was lucky that it was, it is very similar to Spanish. So I just get it quickly, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, language was the, the worst thing for me, at, at least the first three, four months. I think that's the best part is when you're put into those situations where you have to learn a language that you kind of get comfortable over time because you're around it so much. It's not like you can pull out your phone and use Google Translate or something to listen to everyone because that's how I would probably be is trying to use a technology to use it. What When you're going around and you're traveling for rugby, does the traveling take a lot on your body and where recovery is hard? Or is it the time off is the best part of the recovery? Uh, well, the time off is the best part of the recovery by far, yeah. But at the same time, it depends where you play. You know, sometimes we just travel 12, 13 hours before games two days before, but still very exhausting for the body. 
Uh, but yeah, when you've got a chance to rest, you need to rest because you know that on Saturday, on Sunday, whatever you, whenever you're playing, uh, you're going to get hit hard. You're going to be pushing your limits. So yeah, take your chance to rest. Talk about playing for the Argentina national team. How much of an impact did that make in your career? Oh, quite a lot. I think I formed myself as a player uh, in there uh, when I was playing for Argentina under 20. Um, so I think those years between you are 16 probably and 20 is where you build up yourself uh, as a player, uh, grow your skills and and try and improve uh, as much as you can. Because then when you become 25, 26, um, it, it it is a lot more difficult to improve, even if you still need to practice and even if you can still improving, uh, it becomes more difficult. It, it is better when you're young and you just get the habits, you know? So talk about why is it more difficult to improve at a older age than a younger age? Uh, because I think that, for example, at my age, if I'm not doing something good is because I have bad habits, but at the, at, at, at the end, they're habits, you know? So it's what, what my body is used to. Uh, but when you're just learning, um, well, well, it becomes a good habit, you know? So it's like, I don't know, like maybe speaking. Uh, if you don't roll the R, the R, sorry, then you will never be able to do it. You need to learn it when, when you're young. I think that situation could be taken to any part of life where we all have those habits where we're so used to doing it so much that someone tries to break it and it's like, it's hard. I think people can use, utilize that with what their, their diet or drinking or anything that if they're consistently doing it and you try to stop them once, it kind of mentally uh, challenges them and they're not able to do it. And so I can definitely see that reference with rugby, where if you start young doing it correctly, you're going to do it forever the right way. Yeah, I do agree. I'm with you there. Was there pressure on you at a young age being on that national team, or was this kind of the way to start your career to go in the direction that you wanted it to go? Uh, a bit of both. Because on my club, it's not, a, I, I mean, it's an amazing club. I love it. But there is not a lot of um, players that make it to the national team. So a um, lot of old guys that I didn't even know were talking to me and 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 pushed me forward. And, and I don't know, just wishing me the best. Um, why not? But... I felt a bit of pressure, actually, if I need to be fair. But at the same time, it was the first steps of of my professional career. So uh, I'm glad I I was there, even if I felt a bit of pressure. How do you prepare yourself for a game? Because you talked about having that pressure. So if you're going into a game with that pressure, when you step onto that field, how do you get yourself ready to play? I just take it easy. I don't do any crazy routine <laughs> or, or listen to a specific song or, or whatever. No, I just take it easy. Uh, trust on myself. Try to do what we train on the week and just get out there and do the best I can. 
you have that like relaxed mindset. It's yeah. Like, so many players are like, I have to do this. I have to do this ritual. You're just, yeah. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to just play. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, it's about that. It's about just get that, uh, out there and, and play the game. You know, I got friends that they just put the right sock before the left sock because on their mind that it will help them. And pff, I don't know, man. I, I don't believe in those, on those things. It goes back to habits. They're just so used to that that they think it works over time. Yeah, but, but it's great for me. Was education ever a priority? Like, were you ever trying to pursue college at the same time? Or was it more about your professional sports career and that's what you wanted to continue doing? Uh, I got the offer to go to Italy when I was 20 or 21. I can't remember, but I was studying at the moment. I was studying nutrition. Uh, and as I told you, I, I was not thinking about professional rugby. It was quite crazy how the first offer arrived. I was not ready for that. Uh, and I was planning to finish my studies. And then suddenly, uh, it was so crazy. I was on the couch and a guy called me from Wales. And he told me like, oh, I'm an agent. Uh, I've seen your games for Argentina and under, Argentina under 20s. Uh, I think I got a club for you. Uh, would you mind just chat tomorrow morning if I if I get you an offer I was like yeah why not I'm open to listen uh, doesn't mean I'm gonna take it and then the offer was good my family was on holidays I was alone on that place and I called my family I told them, oh, sorry dad I think I'm gonna go living in Italy he was like what what are you talking about I was like yeah I got an offer and he told me like okay just wait for me to go back home and we discuss it I went for him one week he was happy with it too and then I end up traveling to <laughs> to Italy. It was quite fast, but before that, my priority was studying, and it's still it's still a priority. You know, I think I'm I'm gonna end my career and get the degree, but when I go back to Argentina, probably. Were your parents very protective? Like they just wanted to make sure you guys were making the right choice instead of just making a choice out of nowhere without really thinking about it. Um. No, I don't think they were very protective. They obviously wanted the best for 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 me and for all of my brothers and sisters. But um, but I wouldn't say that they were very protective. They tried to to give me their advices, their thoughts on everything. I took some. I didn't took another. But uh, I think that they did good. Looking back, first part of your journey, is there anything you would have changed? Would you have gone a different path or done anything differently? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, when I was, my first club was a very big club in Italy. And before leaving, uh, I spent two seasons in there. I I signed for one season. Then they asked me to sign for another one. I signed for the second season, and at the end of the second season, they want me to sign another two. And I was 22, 23 years old. I said, I know I'm not doing this. I, I miss my club, miss my family, miss everything. I'm going to go back to Argentina and then get another good offer. Uh, it ended up that I, I didn't get another good offer as, as, as easy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I ended up in England. Uh, I, I regret a bit uh, about saying no that time. 
was they when you said no did they kind of push you more to try to sign again or it was like once you said no it was off the table uh no it was they, they pushed me quite a bit uh because um i said no at the beginning uh no sorry no 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 the the, the coach asked me to sign again to stay with them for two more seasons I said that I need to think about it, and I was actually think about it, uh, thinking about it, right? And then after thinking, and and I couldn't sleep for for two weeks, I went to the coach and said, "Look, I'm not staying." I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna give you one more week to think about it. I'm gonna make a uh, if nothing happened, and uh, you never, we never had this conversation." I was like, oh, uh, it, "It took me two weeks with no sleep for, for, to to make this decision." Um, so yeah, I felt that it, he pushed me a bit to stay there, but at that moment, I, I thought I was taking the right decision. So you, we kind of mentioned this earlier that money wasn't the priority. Were they trying to kind of make it a priority with money in a way? Like, was that like their big selling point or was it more that kind of you being part of the team for already two seasons that, we want you to continue on with the team. Uh, no, I thought they just wanted wanted me to stay as a player. I was not one of those big salaries for the for the club, and they offered the same that they were paying me at the moment. So no, I think that I had some good games. So the coaches wanted me to stay. Looking back at that Italy's um, team that you're with, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself being a part of that team? Oh, sorry, I, I, I couldn't listen very well. Uh, looking back at your career at the Italy team, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself? Uh, that I can really train hard and push my limits at when I was young, I was quite lazy to train. I was a good player just because, I don't know. I got no idea why. But I didn't train a lot when I was 17, 18 on that period when I was on Argentina under 20. But then when I got to Italy and I was not just getting paid, but I was, uh, I was. I don't know. I was just getting pushed to train, and 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 it was mandatory actually. Uh, yeah, I, I was training hard, pushing my limits, playing good rugby, being very fit. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I was not able. I was not made for that. Why do you feel you weren't made for that? Uh, I don't know. I think it, I was just lazy. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, I didn't like to go to the gym. I didn't like to run. I didn't like to go practicing skills or kicking or whatever. But then when I was there, uh, it was the only thing that we could do. At the beginning, I arrived there. I got no friends. Uh, I didn't speak Italian. Uh, the only thing I could do was training and try to play and, and do my best. So then I think that at that point, it was when I started playing training hard. Would you say it was a big wake-up call for you? So when you went to that next team, you knew the expectations of what you needed to do to perform and practice and play better. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, yeah, because I, uh, last game I played in Argentina, we were playing in front of probably 300 people. First game in um, in Europe, we were playing in front of 25, 30k people. So it was from this to the other side, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I knew that uh, I needed to train hard to, to push my limits because if not, it wouldn't be enough. Talk about that experience playing against a crowd of 300 to 25,000. Do you feel that you play off the energy of the crowd more or are you more focused and the crowd's just there, just watching? Uh, so, but both of them, actually, because <laughs> like 30 minutes before the game, I feel like, all right, I'm cool. Uh, nothing happens. It's full of people. What's the difference? Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna change my game but just 30 seconds before the game started i was shaking i was like oh no <laughs> uh-huh. i'm not sure if I'm, I'm made for this but yeah, yeah the, the difference is massive at the beginning then you get used to it because it was not the only time i played in, in front of, uh, of a full stadium but um yeah uh, the first two three times is scary I feel like every athlete goes through that, especially with Olympics where they might not be performing in front of a lot of people, but you get on that main stage or in soccer or football and for Europe, it's just that atmosphere. And I think I would probably be the same way where nerves, but after you're comfortable and you're in front of those people for a while, it's like, okay, they're here to watch me. They're going to cheer. I mean, but nowadays you have social media and someone's going to take a video and then you'll start going trending. And then it's, yeah. then it's a bad way of going if you do something bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, but I got used to it. I got used to it. Uh, I'm glad that here we don't have a 20K, but I hope we will have them soon. What position do you play? I think I forgot to ask that question. Yeah, I, I play number 10. Uh, it's uh, fly half. Uh, but I can play 12, 15. Uh, I'm kind of what is called utility back. So on the back line, I can play almost every single position. Do you think that makes you a strong player that you're able to be a utility player and you can play any position that they ask you to? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it always it also depends on the coach too. Some coach, they just say, I want a uh, pure 12, a pure 15. Some others say, like, okay, let's bring some utility backs so uh, they can cover up some, some gaps. But uh, I think it's cool. So talk about making that transition to the England team. What has been the biggest thing that you learned about yourself being at that team? Uh, We're going on a journey. We- <laughs> yeah <laughs> and are we coming to france after that yeah we're going to each country that you've been to <laughs> okay well um it was it was quite a difficult period i started playing for the first four or five games and i was playing quite good and then i got injured i broke my fibula. I went out uh i was out for like three months i think and then I went back to play, played two, three games, COVID. And oh, so wow. it was, yeah, so it was a nightmare. It was almost one season just playing six games or seven games. 
going through that going through that injury did you kind of feel that maybe your career was over or you knew that you would be able to get through it and get back out there on the field oh i i knew that i was going to be okay to go back to the field and play but then uh, i just signed one season in england and i was not sure if they will keep me or they will just uh i don't know trade me or, or, or tell me to to go away and then after a season where you didn't play um, it's difficult to find another club did that affect you mentally where you could didn't know what the outcome was going to be yeah absolutely yeah I had probably two or three months between March and, and June that I was panicking I didn't know what to do I didn't know where I went where I was gonna go so and it was in England I was not even in Argentina at Mines so yeah it was quite panicking yeah during this time did you ever have the mental note that I may need to look for a backup plan something that's not rugby in case I don't get signed to another team yeah absolutely that's what I'm doing now before coming here uh, it was all about rugby I, uh, in Italy, I just play rugby. When I went back to Argentina, I just play rugby. Uh, England, the same. But after a big injury and COVID and almost one year without playing, uh, I thought, okay, all right, I need another plan. So, so talk. Um, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Keep going. No, no I mean, uh, I'm just preparing myself for when I, when my career ends. Talk about that opportunity that you got with through the pandemic and everything. How did you find out about it, and what are you in part, What has been the impact that that company has made? Uh, at the beginning, I just came for rugby, as I told you, but then the start of the season got delayed, so I need to do something else. First of all, because I was super bored. And then also because uh, I was not getting paid if the season didn't start. Um, so I joined Unicorn and, I, and I'm working on, on Formation GG, uh, which is a, an eSport platform. And I find it quite cool. It's going very well. Uh, we, we were, I'm working actually on, on the marketing, influencer marketing, and I'm like kind of project manager of it. Uh, we're a big team behind behind the um, formation, um, and yeah, as I told you before, it's starting to to build up my my future. Did you have much experience with anything esports before this opportunity, or was this a whole new industry you had to learn on the job? Well, I uh, I played video games a few times, yeah, <laughs> but. But not on the professional side as as we do now with with uh, formation. Is there anything that rugby has taught you that has helped you on being a business professional? Uh, yeah, probably leadership, maybe, um, and and work as a team. Working as a team is as, is important on, on on both sides, rugby and 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 on the business side. Uh, I wouldn't do anything with the um, graphics designer, for example, and with the um, 
with someone who speaks French, for example, that I need to to manage the um, the French influencers or tournaments or whatever. Um, and same on the on the rugby field. I mean, if if my teammate doesn't make a tackle, then uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna win the game, for example. You talked about leadership was something that you learned. Are you more of a person that takes charge of projects or are you more trying to get everyone to work together to to accomplish the goal that you guys are trying to get? Yeah, absolutely. Last option. Yeah. I'm just trying to make everything work properly, everything to work together, everyone to, to work together, try to, I don't know, to accomplish the, the how do you say they accomplish that? Accomplish the goals? The goals, yeah. That's the word I'm missing. Yeah, accomplish the goals. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think everything everything is about a, a team. I think that's so true. I think nowadays a lot of people think that they have to step up to the plate and be that sole leader. But I think a good leader comes out of nowhere and you can find a leader in any group, especially with a company that you guys are with or with that you're with right now, it's such a growing platform and industry that everyone working together will make a huge impact over time. And it kind of shows, kind of goes back to our habits conversation where the habits you guys make as a team now will affect how you guys work in the future when you guys get into those pressure situations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. As I told you before, uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, I, I couldn't work without the um, the graphic designer and and uh, the social media media director and and they also need my help. Uh, we are around. We have writers on the company. We have a, a developing team. We are, I think, like 22, 20, 24 behind formation at the moment. So uh, I think all the pieces need, need each other. Have you ever had the urge to like learn those other areas that you might struggle in? Uh, yeah, I think I'm okay, I'm okay right now. <laughs> I got enough with, with what I got on the plate. But yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, some of the things that the other guys do are quite cool. I would love to to be able to do them. Uh, I'm not sure if I got enough time at the moment, but I would love to to know how to do the list. How much longer do you think your rugby career is going to last? So I'm 26. I would say probably eight more years. Not the professional one. I'm planning to stay a few more years in Europe and then go back to Argentina. Play my last two, three seasons on my club. On my club. Uh, but yeah, probably 35, 36. Do you feel that those eight years you will be up at that high athletic standard to be able to perform at a high level, or do you think something could happen and it could change your path completely? Uh, I hope uh, I will be able to perform as a high performance athlete until I'm 32, 33. And then as I told you, go back to Argentina and, and play at my club. So the whole end goal is to go back home, basically. So right now, this is just getting you to that next step where you want to be. Uh, well, yeah, at the moment, uh, yeah, yeah. At some point, I think I will go back home. Uh, I'm having a great time, great time here. I got a great time at um, 
Italy and, and England too. But home is home, you know. Looking at your overall career now, and we talked about the beginning part, do you enjoy the experience that you have had and it has kept you growing as an individual? Or was there a path that maybe challenged you a lot that you wish maybe was a different outcome? No, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I learned uh, from every single situation I've been through. I learned, I learned from uh, injuries from COVID. I learned from uh, being in Italy and then going to probably the opposite. That's England. Uh, I learned a bit of uh, from each situation. And I, th- I think it, it was quite cool. I'm still learning here. Sorry, in France. Uh, I'm still learning. That, see, that's the best part. I think the pandemic has told a lot of people and it kind of did a self-reflection where people want to learn. I think they're finding these new avenues and they're finding these new opportunities to learn. And I think that helps all of us. And especially with your situation where you're wanting to learn more about the business that you're part of and being a professional. And it can you can compare that to any athlete right now. They're always looking for that next opportunity in a way. And it shows that even for you, everyone's going through similar journeys. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm looking for next opportunities. For the moment, I'm very good here. Uh, but yeah, I went from, as I told you, Italy to England. It was quite the opposite. Uh, the people, the, um, everything, the country, the food, the weather, the weather, mate, the weather. <laughs> uh, it, it was quite bad in England. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't have a, kind of planning saying like okay, all right i'm gonna say two seasons in france then i'm gonna go to spain or nothing i, I would just uh, i just let it flow talk about a fun question now you talked about you enjoyed traveling it if you're able to travel anywhere or go to any other team besides argentina where would you want to go play possibly or even just travel to uh travel to Travel to, uh, I would say, Greece, just because my girlfriend wants to go to Greece and he's driving me crazy. <laughs> Every single weekend off we have, uh, she's like, oh, well, well, why don't we go to Greece? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's cold now. Uh, but yeah, but uh, actually every single week off we have, I, we go back to Italy but just because I had a great time there. And if I need to choose a team where to play, I would say, I don't know, big team, the, the one that pays the most. <laughs> See, you can't leave that pasta. You just want to keep going back and eating more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's going to be listening to this interview and it's, you probably would already been on Greece by then. And she's going to be like, wow, he kind of told him early plans when we're going. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. With being in Europe, has the the way that the rugby style is completely different than how it's been in Argentina? Oh yeah, it is. It is very different, and it's very different between the European countries too. Uh, England, it's very strategic. For example, uh, France is more um, just. Champagne rugby, we call it. Just play and, and see what you can do. Argentina is much faster than the last two. Uh, I don't know. 
Italy is very physical. Yeah, it's uh, all of them are very different. See, lately when I was in college, that was the first time I experienced rugby because our um, college was number one in the world in the United States. And so I, I, first time I saw him like, oh, this is completely different for us. American football. That's what we compare it to. You guys are just playing without pads, which is just unbelievable. And just so much respect for you guys because you basically are just pounding into each other. But it's just so fascinating when you watch other countries and how it's so different, the play style. And it's just, you guys are true athletes at what you guys do because you're putting your bodies on the line every single second. But you guys just go nonstop. And it's just, it's so much respect for you guys as athletes for what you guys do on the field. And it's just exciting to watch. I mean, there's never a dull moment when you guys are when you guys are playing and while fans are watching rugby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of friends that they know nothing about rugby, but they enjoy watching it. They said, "Oh yeah, I like to see how you go against each other, uh, how you got hit, and whatever." Which is fair enough. It's like when you watch, uh, I don't know, UFC. You know. Yep. The fight against each other is very nice to watch, but I will never do it. I'm the same way. It's like the technicalities and like the, oh, you have to strike this way or for rugby, you have to tackle this way or play this way. I'm like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just like, just let me watch it. I just want to see yeah. something that's happening. I'm like your friends. We don't know anything yeah. about it. We just want to watch. Yeah. Most of the people like this. So talk about your future. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, but what are some goals that you have for yourself professionally and personally that you want to hopefully accomplish in the next few years? You kind of mentioned a little bit of this throughout our conversation. Uh, well, yeah, I think that as I told before, uh, I just want to keep going with this. Just uh, I'm planning to stay here in Sarlado a few more years. Uh club is so good the, the um, company where we work is so good too uh well the town is amazing uh so if the only thing i got on the schedule is all right i'm gonna stay here for two or three more seasons uh see how everything goes maybe instead of three i end up staying six you never know um and then uh depending of on the opportunity opportunities we have uh, maybe maybe I still I stay living here forever, or maybe I go back to Argentina. I don't know. Uh, I want to go back to Argentina. My girlfriend doesn't want to go back to Argentina. That's a bit of an argument we always have. <laughs> but but uh, at the moment we're okay here. We we just need to see how everything goes, and and then we we will make decisions. Your girlfriend wants you to, you guys to travel so much lately. Just in the short yeah, talking, I'm just she wants to go to Greece, she wants to go to Argentina. It's like, man, you guys yeah. own a jet or something to just fly <laughs> nowadays. I would love to. I would love to. That that's the future dream is to own the jet. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> the final question I'll ask you, based on your journey and experience, for someone that's listening to this interview. What tips or advice would you give someone to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Uh, I would say just try your best, keep pushing, don't let anyone uh, stop you or tell you what to do. Try everything. Um, I don't know, just don't, don't, don't listen to what 
all the other people say about you. Um, I don't know. Be, be very humble. Uh, that's what I can say. I mean, if you give your best, you're going to get to the best place you can. How have you used the part where you said, don't let, don't take what people say about you into context in your life? How are you able to overcome that? Um, well, I don't know. Actually, actually, uh, I listened to what some people said to me. Um, uh, and I had a bit of both. I had a bit of great, uh, advices, some bad advices, some criticism. So uh, you need to, I would change the quote I said one minute ago. Uh, you, you need to know who you need to listen to and who you don't need to listen to and know what to take from, from each person talking about you or, or advising you. I think that's definitely true. I think the kind of the people that you who have a big impact in your life, you should be able to listen to those people because they know you so well. But a lot of times where you have these random people that say, oh, you should do this. That's where the part it's like, you can't let those people affect you because they don't know what you have gone through in that journey and experience. So you kind of just have to take it on the chin, UFC reference, now we're we're talking, (laughs) and just take it and just, okay, and just don't let it affect you because nowadays with the power of social media, words are hurting people more than anything. I think comments are destroying people and then self-confidence is going down in those individuals. And it's just, it's just a domino effect basically. And I think what you said is perfect. I think you have to know what advice or what criticism is true and how you take it can affect how you perform over time. Yeah. You got a lot of people talking about things that they don't even know. Uh, Talking about people they don't even know, talking about sports or businesses they don't even know. Now with social media, everyone can have an opinion and everyone can write down whatever they think they, whatever they think. And in, in matters and they have no idea what they're talking about. So yeah, you need to be very careful on who you listen to and, and stuff. You'll get a message from me saying about your rugby performance. You'd be like, Alex, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Happened to me. Happened to me. I won't lie. Well, Seraphin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. We're excited to see everything you're about to accomplish in in your future. And we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. All right, man. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here with you. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channels in the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.